Hi, this is April with the For Richer or Horror podcast. This is my introductory episode, I guess I'll call it. Um, I really haven't put anything out except for a trailer just to let anyone know who's interested that this podcast will be coming out. And here it is. Um, So I thought it might be a good idea to just come on here, have my first episode be kind of get to know me, kind of know why I have interest in the topics I plan to discuss, and just for me to say hi for anyone who uh, is interested in listening. So my name is April. (laughs) I already said that, but um, this podcast is going to go into topics like true crime, horror, obviously it's in the damn title, um, which reminds me um i'm gonna cuss a lot so you know children maybe shouldn't listen to this because um a lot of f-bombs will be dropped because that's just my vernacular that's how i like to speak and um that's how it's gonna be so anywho topics i'll be discussing true crime horror um conspiracy theories urban legends cults uh the paranormal and more so I've always been fascinated with those topics from an early age, I would say. Um, my love for horror movies started pretty young. It was probably, I want to say I was about eight years old. I remember my sister had put on the movie Scream and I was a little freaked out, especially that uh, garage scene where uh, her friend or Sydney Prescott's best friend gets caught in the doggy door and like crushed while being pulled through the garage. It was terrifying to me as eight years old, but I had that odd fascination with it. And when I think of my favorite horror movie, it's Scream. Uh, When I was younger than even that, eight years old, uh, my sister, again, would put on horror movies for me. Didn't, you know, didn't think that was a bad thing or anything. But um, I remember I was taking a nap on our living room couch and I wake up and I see my sister and she's watching a movie. I ask her, oh, what movie is this? And um, she just said, just watch it. Uh, Come to find out it's The Ring. And when the horse falls off the boat, I get the hell out of the room. I was absolutely terrified with her being chased by that horse. Um, So my first couple horror movies weren't the greatest, but once I saw Scream, it was game over. I loved them. Uh, And to this day, I still love them. Though horror movies coming out today aren't nearly as good as they used to be. I think most of us can agree on that. So that kind of... Uh, started it for me, really. Uh, I also had a deep love for Halloween. Favorite holiday. I fucking love it. Um, I love to decorate my house with Halloween decorations. I have them all over. I have plenty of Halloween tattoos. um, And then just tattoos with a creepier element. I have bats flying from the middle of my arm all the way up to my ear because I fucking love bats. Um, Between Halloween and, you know, Batman. I love Batman. Uh, I love dressing up. That is something that is isn't typical in my family like no one else hardly dressed up but I love to you know spirit week at school like that was my shit um 
but it's always just really fun to like put on a costume, be a character, paint your face. I had a really good uh, intro into makeup via YouTube. That's how I learned how to do makeup, which I'm assuming is the case for a lot of people these days. And it was just fun to figure out how to do a Joker face or how to give yourself bruises and all this, you know, to be in character. Um, it's just really fun. I always love it. Uh, it's kind of like the basic, like basic bitch thing to do now. You know, I just love Halloween. Okay. Well, I've loved Halloween since I was six years old and my mom put me in a pumpkin costume every fucking year. <laughs> I don't know why I got defensive on that. Um, another thing about why I, I just enjoy the topics I'm going to be talking about is um, I started bonding with my mom over the TV show Supernatural. I'm, again, one of the basic bitches who loves Supernatural. Yeah, Sam and Dean are hot, of course, but it's just also learning about these creatures. It was just fascinating, like the Wendigo and, you know, all the different demons. I actually have an anti-possession tattoo, but uh, I got a scar through it, so I can still be possessed. Isn't that fantastic? But um, I just, Supernatural was my jam. It got me and my mom close. She keeps telling me she's going to get an anti-position tattoo, but I don't know if that's going to happen. She said she's kind of done with tattoos after I kind of uh, got her to get three. <laughs> um, but as far as like true crime and stuff, because that's going to be another theme with this podcast, um, I was interested in true crime before, like, it became a thing before, you know, Bailey Sarian was talking about it before all these true crime documentaries came out. And I can say that because I remember probably 2014, I was like my second year of college at ASU and I took a class on serial killers and their victims. Like I had the textbook right beside me because I'm probably going to reference a lot throughout this you know, whole podcast, not necessarily just this episode, but for future podcasts when I'm talking about true crime, hey, I have a fucking textbook on it because I took the class that was just so fascinating to me. It was also kind of terrifying because uh, when I was in school, I worked at IHOP. Um, I worked there for seven years, getting me through high school, bachelor's degree, post bachelor degree. I didn't actually, well, I didn't get my master's. I flunked out, but... <laughs> Um, in the textbook, IHOP is mentioned three times within the first five pages. So, you know, that was a little terrifying because uh, that's when people tend to have uh, their breaking point is at IHOP. So ain't that fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, for being in a, a psych major that I was, I was interested in getting them into the mind of serial killers. Um, so I have had this interest for a long time and uh it probably says a lot about me but uh i don't care to get into that um and uh, some other things that kind of turned me on to these topics uh i have a good deal of personal experiences um both creepy paranormal just fucking weird and um i didn't really pull away from them. I, you know, was trying to figure out, oh, why did this happen? What's going on? What's next? You know, I didn't just 
run. Well, in one case I did. But anyway, so um, my first kind of creepy memory, I don't have a whole lot of memories from my childhood. I think I blocked it out because, you know, being the fat kid, I was always made fun of. But one memory that I do have uh, was I was probably three or four years old. This is the only memory I have in my old house, uh, the, like the house that I spent like my baby and toddler years. The only memory I have is I woke up from a nap and I realized I was alive. It's a really fucking weird memory to have, but that's what I think of when I think of my first ever memory is just waking up and realizing I'm alive. I'm kind of terrified to think of what was I thinking before that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's creepy. So um, my, what I consider my childhood house, that's the house I lived in from four years old up until I moved out at 21. Uh, that was fairly uneventful. Nothing really happened there. It was built the year prior to us moving in. So, you know, no one owned it before. Well, one family owned it before us. They ironically moved across the street and built a new house. But uh, apparently ours wasn't good enough. So they, you know, needed to upgrade it and get in the same neighborhood. But uh, yeah, nothing nothing notable happened there uh, except for a slightly traumatic childhood. But that's about it. Um, one place that was kind of creepy while I was growing up was our cabin. So we had a cabin in what's called Huber Overgard. It is a small town in Northeast Arizona. Oh, by the way, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't, I, I, you don't necessarily need to hear it, hear that I say that. Uh, you don't need to know where I live, but I will definitely be referencing Arizona a lot throughout this in this podcast just because it's what I know I've never lived anywhere else besides Phoenix so uh this cabin Huber Overgard northeast Arizona um in the mountains which if some of you are not familiar with you know Arizona or well I mean anyone could be listening to this so if you're in Sweden you may not necessarily know what Arizona is like uh Phoenix our capital is uh, miserable. It is horrific, like eight months out of the year because it is sweltering. We get 120 degree summers that last from uh, March to November. It's November right now and uh, it hit 90 degrees today. So we don't get much of winter, but uh, that's in the valley. We do have mountains. We do have forests. It does snow elsewhere in this state and so northeast arizona we got forests and um i have a lot of forest themes on my pictures for this podcast because i find it fascinating that's where creepy shit happens i mean granted you know i think hills have eyes was set in the desert and yeah creepy shit could happen in the desert but a forest is just such a better landscape for creepy shit to happen and creepy shit did happen up in heber where our cabin was. So to kind of start off with the locale, Heber is in Navajo County, 
but it's not Navajo Nation. And I hope the people who are listening, when I say Navajo Nation, I hope that your mind immediately goes to skinwalkers because that's what my mind goes to. And if so, we're on the same wavelength. But, um, yeah, a lot of awful shit happened at that house. Um, there were good things, of course. It was very beautiful. I loved it up there. But a lot of bad shit happened there, too. Um prior to us even moving in bad shit had happened so uh there is what's called the rodeo uh Chetisky fire uh that happened in 2002 it was actually set by a volunteer fireman uh because he needed work and he needed to make money and he thought maybe if i start a fire i'll get some work um he probably didn't understand the magnitude of what would happen so this fire went on for four weeks and it consumed 230 square miles it devastated the area so many houses were burnt down including the the property that existed prior to my cabin being there because our cabin was built in 2007 so five years after the fire there were a couple other properties that had burnt down surrounding our cabin um we were kind of on a slope uh so uphill had burnt surprisingly downhill didn't there were some neighbors houses that survived the fire but the property where we lit where we had our cabin had been burnt down previously five years later new house was built wasn't built well to say the least um the person who built it he was using his son's contractor license so uh he didn't have one of his own apparently and he just completely fucked up the house like there was um leaking and flooding that happened a couple of times um we turned on the water for the first time went up there left and then oh our entire downstairs is flooded um the roof was leaking i was actually talking to my mom about this because i want to make sure i had the facts right and uh she was telling me some other stuff that was happening like the heat didn't work all the time and for a place that snows you kind of want the heat to work you know um when she was up there alone she told me that she would hear noises uh one of our dogs that we had uh he would you know sit at the door and he'd whine to go out but once you let him out he would only go to the edge of the porch and then just look out into the darkness at night he wouldn't actually go down he wouldn't go to the bathroom he would just stare at what's going on and we lived pretty close to a giant forest so you know there's animals out there and everything but you know dogs have that sixth sense so i wonder if it could have been something more that he was realizing and we don't know the backstory to the property prior to our cabin it very may well have burnt down and the people could have been inside of it like we don't know so that's kind of scary to think i kind of honestly think that the cabin was cursed i really do um my dad was kind of working on the uh pathway i guess the driveway the driveway and uh he was trying to set it up to look nice and everything and you know it's snowing there's ice he slips falls breaks his ribs is in the hospital um 
Another accident that happened was much, much worse. So uh, my brother, he's a few years older than me, uh, nearly died. He was out in the forest by our house with my dad. Uh, it was just the two of them at the cabin at the time. My mom and I were going to head up later that day. My sister was currently heading up there. And uh, I remember this so vividly. My mom gets a call. We are eating sushi at our favorite sushi restaurant. We were going to get packed later that day to go up. And she just starts crying. And I was like, I don't know, 13. And I'm like, oh shit, what is going on? Uh, she just like is sobbing and she asks our waitress to get the bill like we didn't even eat our food and we just left so what had happened was my dad and brother were out in the forest going through trails and my brother they were both on quads we were very into that sort of thing as a family we had quads a rail a razor uh jet skis we were a very adventurous family growing up and we, I mean, we'd been doing this all our lives. So, I mean, we were fairly decent at it, especially my brother. And he, um, his quad wouldn't make a turn. So he was going downhill. He told me it was about 60 miles an hour that he was going. And he goes to make a turn to follow a trail. But if you remember the movie Cars, when Lightning McQueen is on a dirt track and he tries to turn for the first time, he doesn't. And he just goes into a bush because tires don't always grip properly and bad shit sometimes happens. And that's what happened. He drove straight into a tree, face first, <laughs> broke his helmet. At least he was wearing a helmet. He would have been dead if he wasn't. But uh, yeah, face first into a tree going 60 miles an hour. Broke every bone in his face. Uh, we're able to joke about it nowadays uh, because this was 10 years ago, maybe more. Oh yeah, way more than 10 years ago. But yeah, he broke every bone in his face. He was He's the only one in our family who's had plastic surgery to the chagrin of my sister. So uh, he <laughs> broke every bone in his jaw as well and so he had to have it wired shut and to this day we still say that was the quietest week of our lives <laughs> where sean's jaw was wired shut he couldn't talk um but it was it was very very severe he was um air vacked in a helicopter down to the valley to a level one trauma center because of how bad his injuries were uh he reportedly says that he did die for a couple of minutes um but at the end of the day he's okay and after the accident happened and he was healed we went back to that trail and we saw the tree and we saw all of the damage on that tree the most recent was my brother, but you could just see so much healing that that tree was going through because this wasn't the first time, this wasn't the second time, wasn't even the third time that someone hit that tree. So that is kind of notorious for being a bad spot. Luckily, people found them when they did. 
uh, my dad didn't have cell reception. Some people were driving by, saw, you know, my brother laying on the ground, my dad holding his head up, blood everywhere, probably. I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I could just imagine there was probably a lot of blood because that was a very traumatic experience. But seeing that they had, you know, one of those cell phones that works in remote places and knew exactly where they were. I wonder if they kind of knew that that was a bad luck tree and uh, was able to call and the ambulance came and, you know, he got air-vacked, but we, we saw the trauma that tree had gone through just from repeated beatings because that's just, that's what happens right there. And, you know, we went to the fire department. We thanked them for them coming out and saving my brother. And um, I think they had mentioned that, you know, it wasn't the first time for that area. And it's scary to think because right behind that tree is a drop off. So it's fortunate that he hit the tree and it's fortunate that everyone else had hit the tree because things could have been a lot worse. So that was a uh, very horrible accident that had happened up at the cabin. Um, there were other little things. I'd gotten injured many times. I'm accident prone, so that doesn't help. But I, you know, went flying off of a, uh, a sled and, you know, my nose started bleeding and, you know, just little shit. I got lost in the woods before. Uh, I was on a quad. Something happened with the quad. I got lost. I was sitting there for like four hours waiting for them to find me. Um, numerous times our dogs had run away and stuff. Um, no, I don't think that's... I think three dogs ran away. Um, you know, they didn't even want to stay by the house. <laughs> um I remember one time I was a book nerd growing up and I had, uh, I would, we had two levels to the cabin. I was on the top level by myself. And then my brother had his room and my parents had their room. And, uh, I was just up top. There was a loft, there was a balcony. Um, I would go out to the balcony and then I'd hop off on the roof and I'd read my book and see, you know, all the forest in front of me at time. My dog jumped up on the roof with me. It was pretty cool. So there were good experiences there at that cabin, but, um, bad ones too. Um, this was actually where I had my first paranormal experience, actually, what I believe to be a paranormal experience. Um, Shortly after we bought the cabin, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, um, shortly after that happened, uh, my grandfather passed away. I was very close with my grandpa. I was so close with him. Like, you know, there was, you know, daddy's girls and mama's boys. I was kind of like a grandpa's girl. Like, I loved my grandpa. It was so funny. He'd always tell me, uh, <laughs> He was um, going blind. He had lost his legs, so um, he was in a wheelchair, and he'd always have me come up to him, and he was like, April, you're so beautiful. How many boyfriends do you have now? And I just had the smart aleck response of, Grandpa, you're going blind. <laughs> or, Grandpa, you're blind. <laughs> just to kind of... Yeah, it was it was funny. But, um, yeah, he had, he had passed away shortly after we got the cabin. And, um... I remember being up in my room at night, I was 13 years old, and um, 
in the corner of my dark room, there was a white face. For the area, it could have been a skinwalker, you know, skinwalker got in my room, oh well. But um, I really do think it might have been tied to my grandfather because, you know, he had just passed away. It was a white face that was fairly featureless. Um, so I don't know exactly what it was. And of course, me being 13, I was just absolutely positively terrified. Um, but now when I look back on it, I, I think it might've, you know, been my grandfather. But um, I, I never saw it again. It was just that one night I pulled the covers over my face after I locked eyes with it for a few minutes. Um, and I just hoped it go went away and never saw it again. But that was just something really spooky. And that was the beginning of my experiences with creepy shit. So, um, like I said, my childhood home hardly, hardly had any weird shit going on. But once I was out on my own, I had more experiences. I also tend to live in older homes, so there's history there. Um, I was in a trailer for a couple years, manufacturer home. I say it was a trailer because I was trailer trash, you know. That's what I say. <laughs> but um, weird shit happened there. So um, one notable experience, I was home alone. Uh, my boyfriend was out, my roommate was out, and I was home alone and was in my room. And all of a sudden, I hear the back door open and close. I'm like, oh, someone came home. I wait a minute to see if anyone will come into the living room or my bedroom. I didn't hear anything. And then the door opens once more, like someone left. And I'm like, oh, it was probably just my roommate. She had probably forgotten something and went into the room, grabbed it, left real quick. So I text her. I'm like, hey, did you stop by real quick? And she's like, no, I'm up north. I'm on uh, a ride with my boyfriend on our motorcycle. Like, okay, um, someone just came into the house and left. So I don't know what the hell's going on. My boyfriend is at work. He was working uh, a later shift. And I text him and I'm like, did you stop at the house real quick? No, what's going on? Okay, yeah, someone came into the house, went through a locked door and left. So that was um, a little bit freaky. Uh, I also always had such a weird feeling because uh on the one side of our trailer was obviously another trailer well it uh no one lived in it because the last resident had died in the house uh when i went and signed my lease they disclosed to me that the person next to me had died and left it at that pretty much. They told me he had died recently and they were fixing up that trailer and it was gonna be on the market soon. It's like, okay, weird, but okay, whatever. Um, from other neighbors, I find out, oh no, he had died a long time ago and uh, it was unsure how long he had been uh, left in there. So, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, weird shit happened there. A lot of kids tried breaking in, like, 
the uh, leasing office had said that they were fixing it up to put it back on the market. No, they fucking weren't. It sat there for five years and they didn't fucking touch it. They never did anything to that house. It was a hoarder's dream, honestly. It was just all the windows. You could see that things were just stacked to the walls. There was 15 printers. There were files galore. The outside was the same way weeds everywhere which was really ironic considering we got notices for a couple of weeds sprouting out but you know the property that they're responsible next door like is leaking into our yard it's like okay hypocrite whatever um but yeah like a lot of people tried breaking into it um i would hear weird noises from it all the time i would see lights in it um (laughs) once the trash and recycling were at the curb for that house so um yeah i kind of just i i never looked up to see if there was any information on who had lived there previously but i just honestly not respectful but i called it the dead guy's house that's that's just what i called it um you know things would disappear in his yard i assume kids were just coming in and stealing shit um but I also noticed things disappearing in my own area, uh, from our shed to our front yard. And then also within our house, um, we locked our doors at all times. Uh, I own two weapons. I own two guns because this is Arizona and I can, uh, I bought my first gun at 21 when I moved in with uh, another female into an apartment in an area I wasn't familiar with and uh, I wanted to be able to protect myself in the field safe so I bought my first firearm and uh, now I have a second one and it's great and I feel much better having both of them. I have a home defense and um, just one that I carry around when I feel like I want an extra layer of protection. And I didn't really feel like it was enough because that fucking trailer was so creepy. Um, (laughs) The roommate I had, I went through two roommates. So the first roommate, she was very into, um, I I don't, I don't know the term, but she saged the, the house. I was like, okay, you feel comfortable doing that? That's fine. Creepy shit does happen. So feel free to sage it. Um, uh, within a week, she wanted to move out, so that didn't work. The staging didn't work. Um, she would tell me creepy shit would happen there. She would hear noises. Her door would creak constantly. Um, the second roommate that we got into that room said the same thing, so uh, luckily it was on the other side of the house where all the, the major creepy stuff was happening, so I was a little safer, but... Um, that kind of comes into my current house uh i live with my brother the one with the broken face you know uh and creepy shit happens here i don't know if something followed me or if it just it is this house because this house was from the 80s it was built in the 80s the trailers from the 60s so there's been plenty of residents before me so there could have already been shit going on but um uh, didn't help uh, when I uh, broke out my Ouija board. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I did it to myself. I asked for it, you know. 
you break out the Ouija board, you gotta know what's coming, and shit came, let me tell you. So, um, that night, I <laughs> was home alone, my brother was on vacation, this is gonna be a running theme, but yeah, my friends had left after we did the Ouija board session. We were very respectful, as we ought to have been, and, um, I go to my room i'm getting ready for bed because it's late i got work the next morning and uh i have multiple alexas i have one in my living room one in my bedroom and one in my kitchen so i'm in my bathroom of my bedroom obviously and um my alexa in my kitchen starts playing it starts playing a particular song until the day i die by story of the year so that was a little creepy so uh i go into the living room and i say alexa stop obviously brush it off it's no big deal this shit happens right uh i go back to my bathroom ready to take my damn shower until the day i die starts playing again i go to the kitchen i unplug the motherfucker go to my bathroom ready to take my shower it starts playing until the day i die again yeah um i think my alexa sat outside my house for like a week um luckily nothing creepy with my alexa's happened since but it is known as the possessed alexa <sighs> great song to play i mean i love the song but in the um situation alexa shut up thank you <laughs> of course of course she starts when i start talking about her echo whatever i'll call her echo since that's the name and it won't set her off but um more recently this was actually just last week at the time of recording this my brother once again is on vacation and i'm home alone yeah it's a bit of a little bit of a theme so um every damn night something happened every fucking night i am notorious for not being able to sleep um i usually go to sleep around one or two and i'm up for work at seven or eight uh a couple days a week i'm up till three or four because i can't sleep um probably one day a week i'm up until probably 6 a.m so the first night after i dropped my brother off at the airport actually i dropped him off in the morning so but that night uh it was one of those cases up till 6 a.m and um i just heard noises i heard creepy noises um, the foundation in my house is cracked, so I just kind of chalked it up to that. And it's like, oh, that's that's what it was. No big deal, whatever. Noises happen when you're up until 6 a.m. It's fine. Get over it. Um, another occurrence happened the following day. I uh, I work from home part, home part of the week, work in office part of the week. So I was working from home, and... I wasn't at my desk because it was my lunch break and my clipboard that I have on my wall just randomly fell. It's like, oh, that's weird. Um, the thumbtack's still up, but the clipboard fell. Okay, whatever. 
I'm not gonna really address that. It happened. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, the next day. There's a bit of a theme here. Every one thing happened each fucking day. Um, my dog. His name is Loki. He's my best friend. I love him so much. He's a miniature husky. And despite huskies being very vocal, Loki is not. Um, he hardly ever barks. He honestly grumbles. <laughs> uh, when someone rings the door, he's like, Rrr. Uh, and walks up to the door. That's that's really exclusively the only noise he makes indoors. Outdoors, he'll sometimes bark at the neighbor's dog if they're barking. But inside, you won't hear my dog bark. This motherfucker's at my closet barking! I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I calm him down, and he stops. But at that time, I realized my dog dog hasn't really been around this weekend and the one time I actually do see him he's barking at my closet fun so the next day this is a Sunday I'm getting ready to start the work week I'm doing my laundry and uh just to kind of give you a little background on my house it's a split floor plan i have my own living room and then it goes into my bedroom and bathroom i have the master bedroom because my brother's on the other side of the house he has his own living room he has his bedroom his office and then we have a guest bedroom and the laundry rooms over there as well and so while i'm doing laundry i don't think to close the door because my brother isn't there it's no big deal whatever um i walk away from the washer and dryer go to my bedroom once again i left the laundry door open that motherfucker slams shut the laundry room door slams shut while i am across the fucking house my dog and cat are in my bedroom. My dog is under the bed because he's hiding because creepy shit keeps happening. My cat's on the top of the bed. No one is on that side of the house and it fucking slams shut. So uh, that's when I kind of take it a little bit seriously and uh, I get the fuck out. <laughs> I put Loki in my car and I tell him we're going on a drive because I don't fucking want to be there. Um, uh, another day... I'm kind of backtracking because I forgot, forgot about this occurrence. Um, the previous night, I'd had a friend over and she drank a lot. So I had her spend the night, you know, got to be responsible. And uh, she stays in my guest bedroom because I was afraid of her puking. And it was like, bathroom's right next door. If you need to puke, it's right there. And um, she tells me in the morning that she had gotten up, got some water from our garage fridge and she was just casually said oh um the garage door was locked so i made sure to lock it again when i came out and i was like i don't lock my garage door that's not something i do i lock you know my front door and my arcadia doors but i don't ever lock my garage door that's fucking weird 
She's like, oh, well, it was locked. So I locked it for you. I'm like, okay. Um, I appreciate that, but that's a little bit weird. Um, and then, and then I go out into the garage to get a water bottle. And, uh, at that point the door isn't locked. So it was locked and then she unlocked it and then she locked it. And then at some point it was unlocked. So, you know, that's fantastic. Just weird shit. But yeah, when that, when that laundry door slammed, oh my God, that sent me, that sent me running. I was not prepared for that. Fuck. Scared the shit out of me. Picked up my brother from the airport the next day and I'm like, I'm so glad you're back. Um, and so my final occurrence with weird freaky shit paranormal whatever you want to call it um was that i uh last year i had been hiking with some friends and they brought their dog and um i got lost and i honestly i I can't tell you i don't know what happened I was ahead of them because I was kind of jogging with the dog because the dog wanted to, you know, run ahead. And I'm like, you guys hang back. I'll go up with the dog. No worries. I'll run with him a little bit. We'll have a good time. And I do that. Well, I didn't, there wasn't a really distinct trail. And I apparently veered off of it. I was looking for my car. I didn't know where it was. And I was in this really large, empty field, I would say. Um, and I don't know what happened. One second the dog was with me and then the dog was gone. And I'm just kind of walking in circles. I don't want to get further lost, but I don't know where I am. I don't know what's around me. I don't know what's going on. And I noticed that the landscape kind of looked different because when I was on the path that just kind of ended, um, there was hardly any terrain. Like there weren't bushes, there weren't trees, there weren't cactus, you know, Phoenix, we're in the desert, cactus are everywhere, there weren't cactus. But um, in this field that I am, because I remembered at one point we had to make a right turn, and I thought I was at the right point for that, but into this field I walked in, there were a lot of bushes, and there were lines in the dirt, and I knew it didn't look familiar to me, but I figured I was going in the right direction because at one point you turn left. I mean, you turn right, sorry. Um, but I, I was completely lost. I saw a house in the distance that I recognized when I had previously gone up. When, you know, we went up the trail because now we're coming back down. Uh, I recognized it and I was like, well... We're in the middle of nowhere. We live in Arizona. I have a, I have firearms. I'm sure the person who lives in the middle of nowhere probably has guns too. So I don't want to get too close to that house in case they do. So I was keeping a distance because I don't want to be shot for being on someone's property. Um, so I wandered around kind of in circles because I didn't know where else to go. We had heard coyotes earlier. I didn't want to be fucking mauled, but, uh, I, at one point checked my phone and I have no service, which was really weird because I'd had service previously. I had Wi-Fi, like I had music playing as we were walking, but in this exact spot I'm in, 
there's no service. And I'm like, shit. I am probably a half mile in front of my friends doing the jogging and everything. Uh, and it was a long ass walk and I'm lost in a field. I don't recognize anything. I can't use my phone. I don't have service. I don't have Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, I can't text them. I can't Snapchat them. Fuck. Uh, eventually I walk past this bush and then all of a sudden I hear them screaming my name. Previously, I heard nothing. I didn't hear crickets. I didn't hear coyotes. I didn't hear the wind. I didn't hear owls. I heard nothing in the desert, in that field. And uh, as soon as I take a step out, they're screaming my name. They're way past me. They're have their flashlights on they're looking i didn't see anything i didn't hear anything when i was in that field so um i'm kind of convinced i was like in a portal or something because i was freaky as fuck and then it, we had gone back to that trail before i mean afterwards afterwards we'd gone back to that trail because it was you know it was a fun hike and you know i just had to learn the right way to go i never found that field again so that was creepy but um I honestly can't tell you what happened. I was in a phone. I heard nothing. There was... It was creepy. That's all I can say. And then um, kind of my conclusion for the most recent events at my house. Um, I noticed that there was a centralization of the occurrences in my laundry room and my closet. Uh, those are the only two places in which you can access the attic. So, uh, there might be a ghost up there or, um, someone is living in my attic. I think it's one of those scenarios. Uh, I'm not going to investigate though, because I fully believe appearance is bliss, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't fucking want to know what's going on in my attic, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of the conclusion. Um, if you guys like paranormal horror stories, if you like true crime, if you like cults, conspiracy theories, urban legends, and more, please subscribe because those are the topics I'm going to be talking about because I have great interest in them. Um, that's pretty much going to wrap up my introductory video video it's a it's a podcast my fucking introductory episode uh so if you guys liked it i hope you stick around and uh thank you for listening to my annoying ass voice for as long as you have because shit has it been an hour wow i can really drone on and on and on but uh so the for richer or horror podcast is available on youtube uh apple podcasts google podcasts amazon podcasts anchor spotify pretty much wherever you get your podcasts i'm gonna post it there so look out for for richer or horror podcast because i'm gonna try to make this a weekly thing and if you guys like that sort of thing stay tuned all right bye